Ready to dominate at the plate? Blast Baseball is trusted by more major league and college teams than any other hitting solution. The Blast sensor attaches to the knob of any bat, providing real-time feedback with every swing. Go to BlastMotion.com and enter code NOWD1 at checkout to save $25. All right, everybody, let's get right into it. I'm Alan Gay, and this is Now D1 Speaks. we got a great show today. We've got an assistant coach from Iona University, Michael Shimonico. Hey, coach, can, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Hey, fantastic. And, man, I just want to thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to, uh, to join our show. Absolutely looking forward to this. Why don't you maybe kind of kick it off and just give us a little bit of an introduction of who you are. All right. Um, so right now I'm the, the pitching coach and recruiting coordinator at Iona. Um, this is my third year, but um, got started playing high school baseball in Jersey um, at St. Joe's Regional. Um, I graduated in 2012, uh, moved on to Division Three school down in Virginia, Shenandoah. I played there for four years. Um, then I got into indie ball right after that, um, had about a three-and-a-half, four-year career, um, and then got into coaching right at that winter. So got into coaching about six months after I started my college playing career and um, was in that role for three years and then transitioned over as a volunteer to Seton Hall. Um, and then two years working there, uh, got hooked up with Coach Burke up here at Iona, and, and this will be going into my third spring. So that, that kind of encompasses my, my whole career right there. Hey, man, fantastic. A lot to talk about here. I'm really looking forward to this. But I got to tell you one thing right off the bat that really caught my attention was coaching and playing while you were in indie ball. How did that kind of come about? So um, as soon as I, as soon as I uh, graduated, about a month later, got hooked up to a team in New Mexico um, and then finished out the season there and then started that first kind of independent league offseason where guys who are in that, it's, it's a really unique landscape. It's the first time that you're not waking up at 6 a.m. for fall, fall workouts and doing some different things. So um, I tried to take an investment in my career and um, went out to driveline in December of 2016 um, and then the first month of the year in January in 2017 my, my old college coach gave me a call and um, we have a really great relationship and, and said he needed a pitching coach for the spring so I, I stayed out of driveline for another two weeks and um, head out to uh, Virginia and then started coaching there and actually my first day or second day on the job we had a game because um, I started about a week after the season started I had a game at Mary Washington um, so got, so kind of got right into it so I was fortunate enough that um, a guy that I still communicate with pretty regularly today um, thought I would be pretty good at coaching. And I still don't know if he's right, but uh, <laughs> gave, me an gave me an opportunity to get in it um, and, and couldn't be more grateful. Um, so it's kind of doing that together. Um, it was a really unique landscape. It, it was it was really cool to kind of see the, the differences between playing with some 23, 24-year-olds and, and coaching up freshmen. Um, it was really unique at the time, but um, it, I think it allowed me mentally to, to kind of step back as a player and, and try to teach people and uh, ended up teaching myself some things and, and kind of progress my career. Uh, maybe not as far as I wanted to go, but I think I got everything I wanted out of it. Um, so I think for me, it was, it was a really unique landscape to, to kind of be in both shoes at one time. And then obviously coaching guys that I had an opportunity to play with um, started teaching me boundaries between a coach and a player and, and kind of seeing the roles and, um, and different things and the responsibilities that were had in the different seat. Right. When a game's going on and you're not pitching as a pitcher, you're kind of just hanging out. Um, and as a coach, obviously, you're, you're trying to pay attention to everything and making sure everybody's in the right spot to be successful. So yeah, it was pretty unique in that regard. 
Yeah, definitely unique, but absolutely the the right path for you without question. Would you recommend that to anyone else? Or do you think that's something, you know, the coaching and playing at the same time that you just kind of fall into? It has to be the right situation. Or would you particularly maybe advise some younger players to maybe look at that potential? Well, I, I think at the Division three level, there's so many unique opportunities, right? Because there's no limit to coaching staffs. Um, you could have five or six, seven, eight guys on staff, um, so obviously at the division one level, there's limits to, to how many people you could have working with your players. Um, but for myself, I, I think anybody who plays indie ball has a sense of grinder to them and a little bit of grit. So, I mean, those guys love being around the game and, and a lot of guys that I play with are still involved with in some way. I think for myself, coaching is such a, such a trial by fire process that the earlier you can get started in it, um, I realize that this is something I want to do for the rest of my life. Thank you for your support by listening to Now D1 Speaks. If you are a prospect or a coach and would like to be heard, please reach out to Alan Gay to schedule an appearance. The easiest way to contact Alan is on X, formerly known as Twitter. His handle is at now underscore D1. Now D1 Speaks is a great platform to be heard. We have had many prospects commit after appearing as a guest. Are you ready to commit? Contact Now D1 Speaks today. Okay, Coach, i got to tell you, I really kind of want to talk to you just a little bit about Shenandoah University. And, uh, and, and one thing before I say that, I'm just kind of thinking about your age. You mentioned in your introduction that you graduated high school in 2012, correct? Yeah. Man, you are super young. I mean, you've, got, you've had a great playing career and a really fantastic coaching career. Very, very young guy. But let's talk about Shenandoah University. When you graduated high school out of New Jersey, what, what led you to Shenandoah? How did you make that decision? So it was pretty funny. Um, I actually was um, – I had Tommy John my junior year of high school um, in April. And then um, about 10 months out of Tommy John, I went to a showcase at, at Wadica. And uh, it's a pretty prominent travel team up here in North Jersey. And they, they've done a great job for, for 30 years. And then I uh, had an opportunity to run to a Shenandoah coach and um, actually made a decision – um, after I graduated high school. So I probably made, obviously in the days of early commitment, I probably made about a latest commitment you could possibly make out of high school to, to pick a school. So I committed, I think like June, like late June after I graduated high school and um, went down there and it, it ended up being the best decision I could have made for myself. Absolutely. Can you kind of give us, and as you know, our core audience is really uncommitted high school prospects and they're trying to figure out an opportunity to really move to the next level. And, and, and quite honestly, they're trying to figure out how to, how to get associated with you, coach. And, and I'm just thinking what, or what I'd really like to ask you is what was it specifically about Shenandoah that really drew you to them? Um, I, I think the way the, the head coach, Kevin Anderson, spoke about the program, um, the success they've had. I went from a really prominent high school that was about winning. Um, I had some opportunities that maybe were a step up from a, a league and Division two standpoint. Um, but the idea of going to a program that um, the year before I got there was actually one win away from a World Series. They, they ended up lot, losing to Salisbury the year before. Um, so going there, um, playing for um, and obviously a historical great coach um, and the recruiting coordinator, David Jenkins, um, did a great job of, of kind of convincing me that this was a place. Um, and to be honest, like it really wasn't much convincing. They just kind of talked about what they did and what they believed and how they kind of shape young men. And, and that was something I was really interested in. Man, fantastic. And if I understand correctly, I believe your senior year, you had an opportunity to be the captain of the team as well, or at least a co-captain, correct? 
Yeah, yeah, co-captain. Fantastic. What are what, what are the roles of a captain? What, what, what's your responsibilities? I think the biggest thing is is like there's there's twofold, right? Like the number one, um, I think, is being a conduit between the players and the coaching staff, right? Like the coaching staff wants to be able to have a pulse of what's going on with the team. Um, and for us is we need to be able to deliver coaches' message to the to the ball club and vice versa, right? Like if players are, are talking about things that need to get talked about to, to the, the skipper, that's something we got to bring forward. Um, and I think the next role is, is just kind of leading by example. Um, it's one of the biggest rosters um, still to this day in college baseball. When I was there, I think it was my senior year was like 64, 65 guys. Um, we had a JV program, so obviously that, that kind of went, but it's, it's kind of taken all those guys and, and shown them the way. Um, especially as a division three program. I know the year, the roles or the rules have changed this year um, where they allow some more practices, but a lot of it was captain's led practice, um, teaching guys the playbook, understanding the system. Um, So when we started that first day of fall, there was no instituting our bunt defenses or or how we ran the bases. Everything was kind of instilled from upperclassmen and captain and leadership. Um, So a lot of that was trying to get guys prepared of, of what it takes to be successful. Man, I got to tell you, just every step of the way has really been preparing you to be a coach. I just really, really appreciate this time that we have together and you just kind of walking through your experiences. It, it really shapes your career and helps us understand how you got from where you were to where you are today. And, and thinking along those same lines, I'd love to hear some of your philosophy and strategies so forth in regards to pitching. And, and one of the things that I've always found fascinating is from a pitching coach perspective, how do you really determine who are the guys that you're going to be able to lean on? Who are, who are the dogs that are going to be your starters and who's the guys that you can really rely on to come out of the bullpen? And, and how, do you, how do you figure that out, you know, preseason and even during the season? Well, I, I think that my philosophies are kind of shaped in, in where I grew up, right? So the high school coach I played for and um, obviously the college coach I played for, um, their biggest thing was competitiveness and competition, right? Like those, those two things, like competitiveness is driven from competition. So the ability to just always compete. So we'll pitch a lot in the fall. Um, our guys throw for about six weekends of live. Most, go, most guys, whether you're a freshman or you're a two-year uh, returning starter, like you're going to throw anywhere from like 13 to 16 innings for us. Um, so we'll try to track as much as we can to get a best idea of, of who can help us win. Um, I think the biggest thing of, of seeing that at a Division three level is that Winnings come, winning comes in all shapes and sizes. Um, so I think it's for us is not getting in the way of, oh, hey, this guy's too short or this guy's too high of effort. Uh, it's trying to put guys in roles where they have opportunities to fail and then opportunities to succeed. Um, if all you do is go out there and throw an inning or two, it's, it's really hard to see if you can go out and be a starter. Um, and if you're a situation where you come in and nothing's on the line in the fall, it's really hard to see if you could pitch in those kind of leverage innings that you spoke about. So I think it's for us, it's to try to make it competitive all the time and, and compete. Um, I think that's something how we drive it. Um, but I think at the end of the day is the guys that, that you want on the mound when the game is the most important are the guys that care about it the most, right? Like winning is going to winning eventually finds a will, right? There, when there's a, when there's a will, there's a win. Um, those two words starting with the, uh, the, the same, same uh, letter in the alphabet, I don't think is a coincidence. So I think the biggest thing for us is, is find guys that have a will to win. Um, and when you go out there, you have a competitive nature to you and you go about and, and, and just figure out a way to execute. Absolutely. Did any of those strategies really start getting developed during your experience in the independent league? Yeah. So it was kind of a bit of both, right? Cause I played for a college coach that um, 
was super old school, right? Like no plyo balls, no bands. Like if you did bands my freshman, sophomore year of college, like you were considered high maintenance. Like you were, <laughs> you were, you were a different breed. And then obviously when I went out the train to driveline, it, it kind of opened up my eyes to some, some unique ways from player development stuff. Um, so I think myself is like, I've developed a little bit of an old school and, and new school mentality. Um, maybe new school when it comes to some of the advanced like developmental stuff um, and old school when it comes to some of the competitive atmosphere stuff. So I think I try to try to blend both. Um, but at the end of the day, like um, I, I think we have a bunch of guys that some guys are, are have come from facilities that have done a great job in player development um, in, in terms of getting guys to throw harder, improving stuff. And then we have some guys that like have never touched a plow ball in their life. So like, I think my, my well-roundedness, um, can kind of suit both avenues. Um, and it's been the same way in indie ball. Um, played with a couple guys that had an opportunity to pitch in the big leagues and, and then played with some guys that are finding a way to get there. And I, I think being around different types of players from around the country, you can kind of see how their like professional career and how their playing style got developed by different areas and, and different styles around the country. Yeah, that's great experiences. And one thing that always interests me, especially the guys that have really made it to the professional level, what is it that you think that stands out? What what sets them apart? Because so many guys have the physical attributes, you know, but some guys make it and some don't. What do you think maybe is that little difference that really propels the guys with the same type of physical skills and attributes just to make that one extra step and, and, and really become successful? I, I think it's finding joy in all areas of, of playing the game. Um, there's guys that go out and struggle and the next day they're, they're there and they're smiling and ready to take BP. And, and there's days where they're three for three and they have the same attitude going the next day. So I think consistency in, in failure and consistency in succeeding, um, how they approach the game is, is so similar. Um, and I think ultimate con- confidence in themselves, like those two attributes, um, especially with the guys that I played with that, were, with that were very, very good is no matter what the previous day was, you couldn't really tell the next day they showed up to the yard. Um, and when, when you're playing any ball and you're playing 100 games or 80 games and you're training in the offseason not getting paid to do it, like they, the, uh, the will and want to go to the field and challenge yourself every day is, is a constant battle. Um, and I think the guys that are really good at it are, are the best at kind of handling that roller coaster ride of emotions and, and success and failures. Well, let me ask you, and, and I really want to talk about Iona University and, and your role, not only as the pitching coach, but the recruiting coordinator. Those same aspects that you were just kind of describing, are, are those the characteristic traits that you're looking for in a high school recruit or a junior college recruit or even a transfer that you think would translate over into being successful at Iona? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's – I think that your, your personal beliefs and what's going to be successful is always kind of shaped around your own personal experience as much as you try to kind of weigh that out and, and be objective. Um, but I think the biggest thing is seeing guys how they play when they play well and seeing guys how they play when they don't play well. Um, in a perfect world, it's really easy to show up and, and see somebody pitch awesome. But how they kind of – you want to see both, right? You want to see how they can battle through adversity. And you want to see how they do when they're kind of riding that wave of performing at a high level. So, I mean, those traits are – I think if people are great, I mean, even junior college too, right? The, the transfer portal and junior college, it's un, it's it's unfair to think that someone's going to have four years of complete success, right? Or even in the travel ball circuit, once guys kind of start to get on college radars, it's hard to think that someone's going to have two months or six months or two years of straight succession. Um, one instance is we had a younger kid who was a sophomore at the time come to camp two years ago, um, and he was fine, um, and he was a good player. 
but kind of going out and seeing him struggle and then seeing the developmental he has, like it's very rare that anybody's going to step on a college campus and not need to get better to help. Um, so seeing that he has gotten better developed um, in his time frame that, that he's been committed to us has been great. Um, Cause I think for us is that if you stop getting better, once you get to campus, whether it's the other number one program in the country, or you're at the smallest division three program in the country, like someone's always going to pass you and they're always going to try to bring in players that are better than you. So development and in constant improvement is something that's always going to shape good players um, and something that we try to do here. Absolutely. What, just out of curiosity, what is your favorite avenue for recruiting? And, and, and what I mean by that is I own a university that's going to recruit across the country. But, but do you enjoy uh, going to high school games to watch a recruit or them coming to your prospect camp or just looking at video? What, what do you think, for you personally, what, what do you enjoy or what do you get the most out of in regards to uh, recruiting in a specific atmosphere? So I think that's a really great question. Um, I think that the, the question kind of has to get answered in two parts. Um, so I think the first part, I love going to high school games. Um, I think there's something to be said about once you, you win or lose a game, you're hopping on a bus with your, your closest friends, your teammates. And then if you win or lose that game, right, if you strike out when the game matters or if you do something great when the game matters, is you get to celebrate in the wins and losses with your teammates, right? So it just means a little bit more. Um, when you're going to these tournaments, like most of these kids are, they have a familiarity with each other and they might be friends, but they're all getting in separate cars, all finding different places to eat. And sometimes really good teams are close together and you'll see that somewhere, but most of the time they kind of do their own thing. So the, the weight of failure and success starts to evaporate once they talk to their parents, right? Whether it's, Hey, there's some positives, there's some negatives, but you don't really feel that until you're around your teammates. And And I think the best way is, the reason why I feel that way is that my freshman year of college, I blew uh, the conference tournament. And then I, w- I sat next to a senior on the bus. Um, and I blew, blew the game that ended up sending, up sending us home. And then I sat with a guy that just played his last college baseball game. And I'm sitting there saying, man, I just ended this guy's career. And, and that weight kind of propelled me in, in my drive um, to make sure that I wasn't in that position again. Um, but from a, from a competitive standpoint, not everybody's fortunate enough to play in a high school league. Um, that you can get a great evaluation. If you're a high school player that faces 70 to 75 miles an hour on a consistent basis um, and you're the best player in your league, it's kind of hard to project that what that guy's going to do. So I think travel ball also offers um, a better evaluation of talent, but I think high school offers that kind of essence of learning how a player competes and, and how they handle failure. Um, so I think they both serve a purpose. Um, and in a perfect world, we have an opportunity to see guys do both. Um, but that's not always the case, right? Just in the spring, it gets super busy. We play a ton of games and, and our guys are always going to come first. So from a priority standpoint, we don't always get to see high school games. Um, but having the opportunity to do both, I think, is gives you the best idea of how guys are going to come into the program. Researching college baseball programs should be easy. College Baseball Insights provides data-driven tools to help student athletes, parents, coaches, and recruiters make the best informed decisions when researching college baseball programs. Go to collegebaseballinsights.com and use referral code NOWD1-10 at checkout to save 10% on monthly, quarterly, and annual subscriptions. Time is precious. Reclaim your time with College Baseball Insights. Man, great answer. Thank you for walking through that. And thank you for sharing that personal insight into sitting on the bus beside the senior. You know, I mean, 
at, at, hey, pretty grown up to realize what was going on in your position and then to take that and, and to really kind of spur your own career on. So thank you for your candor and certainly appreciate it. Hey, let's talk a little about Iona. Hey, you guys just finished up the fall. You're back in school. Practice is starting to kick off. I know the weather's probably a little cool, but what's the expectation for this season? Well, I, again, I don't, I don't, I think for us is we've always tried to set um, expectations that we can control, right? Whether it's been like how we compete and, and how we've kind of tried to build the program um, over the past three years. I think this year, um, I think, the expectation is just try to win at everything, right? I don't really know what that means in terms of finding out the end result of wins and losses, right? I can't say, hey, our goal is 25 wins and a conference championship or, or whatever it is. Um, but I think for us, it's trying to win each pitch, right? Trying to win each pitch, um, trying to win moments, trying to win the first third of the game, the second third of the game, the last third of the game, um, having the opportunity to compete as much as we can um, and being successful in the times that we do compete. Um, so I, I think that the expectation for us is we have a we have a lot of experience coming back, um, a lot of guys that have been in the shoes of what it's been like to play conference games, um, what it's like to go on the road, um, what it's like to win a series at home. So I, I think our guys this year are the most experienced they've ever had, and I think a lot of these guys, from what their expectations are, is is to go out and give ourselves an opportunity to win at a high level. Um, what that ends up looking like at the end is is obviously what every single coach is, is sitting there. And if we all had crystal balls, man, we'd be – right now there's there's 300 Division One teams that have an expectation of winning a conference championship. So not everybody can win it, but I think for us, our, our guys are – our guys set our expectations, right? And, and as coaches, as much as we want to set them for them, is you're only going to be as good as – and you're only going to have as big as dreams as your players have. So I think for us is, is they do a good job of bringing that to the table every day and, and what their expectations are. Absolutely, man. And, and I think in your introduction as well, you said that this is the, your third season with Iona. Yes. Yeah. Have you been the recruiting coordinator from the very beginning? Yeah. So I got hired about a week after Coach Burke and, and we've kind of I've kind of tried to, to do my best and, and aid in um, what his vision is for the program, um, which is something I can completely get behind. And um, we've been kind of lockstep the entire way. Absolutely. And I, but I got to tell you, from your perspective, you've had a hand in really building three classes, I would say. And, and, and so you really know these guys. Certainly, you know, the guys that you're going to be coaching anyway. But I mean, you've had a hand in really building the team. So I know you absolutely have a vested interest, not only in the success, whatever the success may be, but you've got a vested interest in each one of these, each one of these guys lives and, and how they're going to be develop not only on the baseball field but off the field as well yeah i mean um most of these guys that we all started with i want to say um since we've been here i think there's nine or ten guys from our first year and there's been 30 new guys um we, we when we came in there was 26 players on the roster um so it wasn't like we we took out a sword and and, and started cutting people um it was just we we had to add guys to the roster so um, we've been really fortunate enough to hit on a lot of character traits, right? A lot of really good kids um, and a lot of kids that, that have a vision of the, what we want to do to build this program. So um, on and off the field, they've done a great job um, I, I, from, a, from a conduct standpoint, um, how they're looked at in the community. Um, academically, they've been really successful. I want to say we just got our fall grades back and uh, been fortunate enough to, to have our best academic semester since we've been here. Um, I think it was like a 3-5-2. So um, they've embodied everything. Um, from from what Coach Burke wants, and 
um, singularity, what, what each of the assistant coaches want as well. Um, and especially upperclassmen, they've kind of led the way and, and kind of seeing the trials and tribulations of what it's like to, to start how we started and, and to where we are now. Congratulations, Coach Shimonico. I got to tell you, man, I have absolutely been enjoying our time together. And, and thank you for sharing that GPA. I'm telling you, just a student would love to have a 3.52 GPA, but you've got a baseball team that average 3.52. That just speaks volumes because Iona's got a reputation of being a high academic school to begin with. So I know they're not just taking easy, they're not taking basket weaving classes. No, you know that. No. <laughs> Um, and I think the great part about it, too, I think the most successful part is that not everybody came in as good students. Um, and I think that's the case that could be the case for a lot of high school kids. Um, I know a lot of the kids that we recruited um, came up through high school during that COVID era where they might have took some classes online or, or didn't have an opportunity to do some things in person. But um, there's been some guys that like we've taken kids that are borderline Ivy League level academic kids and, and Rhodes Scholars. Um, and we've taken some guys that you would like to double their GPA. Um, honestly, if you're bringing them in, um, but they've done a great job of, of kind of the expectations. And I think the support here um, kind of speaks volumes about the investment level um, of our student athletes, um, because the amount of resources they have to, to kind of better themselves in the classroom is definitely plentiful. Man, I'm just so happy for you. Happy for the program. And I got to tell you, I mean, you're a young guy, smart guy, enthusiastic guy. I mean, you're just a pleasure to talk to. I can see while prospects from all over the country would absolutely be drawn to you and the University of Iona. Hey, I'd love to ask you one last question, maybe before we hang up. And it's a question that I love to ask just about everybody that gets on. And it, and it really, it kind of revolves around high school guys, specifically probably freshman age. And, and they're great athletes, really good at baseball. And they've got a dream to be good for as long as they, they can be. What kind of steps would you or what kind of advice would you potentially give those guys at a young age that they could do today that potentially could set them up for success? Yeah, so I, I think that's an awesome question. Um, and I think how I'd probably answer that is, is be willing to listen to everything, um, but have conviction in what you're doing. Because um, there's so many, there's so much resources, right? Like, I don't think there's an excuse for a high school player to, to not know what it's like to gain weight, right? Like, there's so many information, there's so many good, good free information out there, whether it's through companies like Driveline or Tread or, or different strength and conditioning programs, or even just the mental game, right? Like, Brandon Geyer is a great example. Like, he puts a ton of stuff out there on Twitter where you can learn a little bit about the mental game. And, and you kind of saw that in, um, it was an NFL quarterback, I think, or, or college quarterback that did meditation prior to every game. And you saw CJ Stroud warming up with different implements, right? Everybody has so much information and, it's, and you have a supercomputer at your fingertips. Um, but there's a reason why you're a good player, right? There's a reason why, um, whether that's you're super athletically gifted, you're a great competitor, um, you're in an environment that allows you to be successful. Um, so again, I think taking all that information is great um, and, and trying to add, add things to your game but just like when I tried cooking for my wife for the first time, if you, if you throw all the ingredients together at one time, sometimes it doesn't always come out, right? It's, it's the right mixture of stuff. Um, so I think the most important thing is like take what you can, but understand why you're a good player in the first place. Um, so, so use those resources, um, use them and abuse them, but, but don't overuse them, right? Like have conviction of what you're doing, uh, but go about work the right way and, and, and listen to everybody. 
I got to tell you, that's a great answer. It's a fantastic perspective. It's a unique answer and, and one that no one has shared yet. And I think you're spot on. And, and thank you so much for that. And Coach Shimonico, again, thank you for being a part of our show. And man, I am just really looking forward to your continued success and certainly the success of Iona University as well. I, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on and um, lo lo loved our talk. And with that, I think we'll just say good night. Hey, let me ask you something. Are you ready to dominate at the plate this season? Blast Baseball is the number one hitting improvement solution, trusted by more major league, college, and travel ball teams than any other. The Blast sensor attaches to the knob of any bat, providing real-time feedback with every swing. Metrics are automatically sent to a smartphone app, generating insights that allow you to analyze and improve your hitting like never before. Go to BlastMotion.com and enter code NOWD1 and you will save $25 at checkout. Unlock your potential with Blast.